Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Why We Stay podcast. This is where we share stories of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have, at times, questioned their faith. In doing so, we hope that we can foster an environment of honesty, vulnerability, and spiritual strength that we can, indeed, come closer to Christ, even when we experience a faith crisis. This is Why We Stay. to have Cameron Carlson here. We're excited for him to join me and talk a little bit about why he stays. So Cameron, seriously, I'm actually super excited that you're here because we've been, we've known each other for a few years now. It's been a hot minute, yeah. I know. We served in the Philippines together and now we're back in the States and I know. couldn't be better. How many years now? Um, that I've been back, let's yeah. see, so I served in the Philippines from August 2018 to March of 2020, so all that COVID stuff right. sent me home. Yeah, and it was crazy, and you had just gone home, like, just barely before that, right? Yeah, because you were supposed to, like, your original, like, obviously, home date was, like, August, right? August of 2020, so yeah. they cut me short a couple months, but... But, yeah, I got home in December of 2019, yeah, so I, like, barely, barely. got home three months later, like, oh, the world the is world ending. The world is shutting down, <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was, yeah, March, so March 2020 was a little over two years ago now, and... Yeah. Yeah, just absolutely wild to think about how fast it all goes by. I know. So I, I know you were, we were talking prior to a little bit about what you were wanting to come on and share. And so yeah. I reached out to you primarily because I was like, okay, I already have like a, actually a lot of people that are lined up to come on, but I thought about it. I was like, actually, like when I saw, when I met with you guys because I was interviewing for the teaching position mm-hmm. at the MTC, and I was like, you know what? I think it'd be really awesome. To have just because you have a really great energy about you though and even when on the mission you just always love to talk about anything and I think you're just I think it's good because I, this this podcast is all about trying to create a more kind of open book type of community yeah. where we're not afraid to talk about different things so yeah totally and I'm totally here for it and yeah it's been it's been cool to especially like in the last little while right again you talked about I try to have this energy and be positive right. all the time and you know, life isn't always that positive and stuff, right. and it's, you know, hard to sometimes put on, like, almost this facade of, like, everything's going great and stuff, and yeah. so, yeah, even though I do teach at the MTC, I think you kind of mentioned that before, it's like my life hasn't been perfect, I've had, you know, some shaky moments of faith, too, but, yeah, yeah I'm excited to talk about them, because it's been, honestly, working through those, um, and strengthening my testimony, coming closer to Christ has been um, just a good experience over the last couple months, especially, yeah. so. Yeah. No, because, like, I think when I was in the MTC and I saw these teachers, I'm just like, oh, they probably are so perfect. <laughs> and just because they, like, always have to, you know, act, like, in a professional way. But mm-hmm. I, now that, like, I think about it, too, and then coming home and being a missionary, because I always thought missionaries were perfect, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you thought that way. but Oh, definitely. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're, like, the pristine member. <laughs> like, they just know what they're doing. But then becoming a missionary myself, I'm like, my goodness. Wait, I'm still a normal person. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, you don't just, like transform into this completely different non-human person mm-hmm. and so but like what was that like for you just kind of I know you were wanting to talk a little bit about like your mission like you're yeah. just choosing to serve and whatnot yeah and so maybe I'll start from the beginning if that's all right oh yeah go for it. um because again so like in the church right there's almost this like well and, you know we called it a cultural expectation right for right. guys to serve on a you know serve a mission especially yeah. those priesthood holders 
Um, but in the last general conference, even President Nelson is like, you know, it's a priesthood responsibility. Right. And so when I was back in high school and, you know, pre-high school and all that stuff, it was always like, okay, you're going to serve a mission. Like, it's just what you're going to do, yeah. right? And I spent years and years, you know, preparing and getting ready. And it was never like I felt like a negative pressure to do it. But it almost just seemed like something that would just inevitably happen in my life. Yeah. And that was something that I guess I was okay with for a while until I like started getting into the MTC and I was like, okay, like why am I really here? Right. And I don't know if I can have like a definite time where I just made the jump from, okay, this is, I'm just fulfilling a responsibility to this is something that I want to do, something that I, you know, I want to go out and help people and help them, you know, feel the blessings that I've felt in my life and that kind of stuff. Um, but it probably it didn't come in the MTC, that's definitely for sure. Um, you know, I left and headed out to the Philippines, and I think it was kind of that it, whole experience is, you know, new culture, new language, new way of life, um, that really was like, okay, wait, this is different, you got to know why you're, like, here now. Right. So, yeah. yeah, so what, starting off from when you were kind of first deciding to go on a mission and eventually making your way to the Philippines, what was kind of your change in perspective? Like, how did that impact you kind of moving forward? Yeah, and it's funny because I hear this a lot with missionaries that I teach with as well. It's like they're, you know, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. They will say reasons, like, when I ask them why they want to go on a mission, like, for, you know, personal growth and, right. you know, for these experiences and to build my own testimony. I'm like, and those are all good things, right? And they're, right. All, and they're right. all, like, you know, good products of a mission, too. My testimony definitely strengthened from the Philippines. But um, one thing that I've noticed, especially now that I've been back, yeah. um, you know, the teacher role now, but I did notice it back then in the mission, was that, you know, your focus should be on other people all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus Christ was the same way when he lived on earth, right? It was never all just, you know, about him, even though everything is about him. Right. Um, but it's, you know, he always reached out. There's that character of Christ talk from Elder Bednar that we all oh watch in the MTC, yes. right? I think everyone watched it every week. It was yeah. like Tuesdays or Sundays. Yes, or one of those <laughs> classic ones. And, like, the quote that always stands out, and I don't remember it exactly. I'll have to paraphrase. But, you know, in times of, you know, trial or, you know, I don't remember, yeah, I don't remember exactly how he says it, but Christ turns outward rather than inward, right? right? And so I think as missionaries, that was something that I wish I would have known a lot earlier that maybe would have helped with that process, um, you know, again, shifting my focus to, you know, why I really wanted to be there and having the desire to serve rather than just fulfill an obligation or a responsibility. Um, and that's probably, again, probably the biggest product of my time in the Philippines was, you know, a love for the people and, you know, the Filipino right. culture and the language. <laughs> and, you know, obviously yeah. <laughs> it's been, you know, carrying on ever since then. So yeah. it's been cool. I think kind of going off what you were saying, just how Christ turns outward, mm -hmm. I think... Because obviously the gospel is a very personal thing, and I think a lot of people kind of um, kind of get lost in like the culture mm, of it all because um, they kind of forget why they started and and everything. I remember like when I was preparing to serve a mission, and like I was thinking about like okay, why do I want to serve? Because I wanted to serve a mission for a long time, but I kind of the same thing. I like got to the MTC. I'm like okay. I really need to pick a good reason because I remember we got one of those interviews and like, okay, so like, why are you here? Like, what? Mm -hmm, yep. How are you doing? What? Why did you want to serve? And, um, and I remember I thought about it. Oh, it was a lot of eyes, a lot of me, 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 I, I, I. Like, I love the gospel. I love this, which is like you're saying is great. But like, when you actually get into the mission field, I was kind of like hit with a, kind of an actual like shock where I was like, oh, I like I not that I never cared about the people, never cared about like 
you know, going out and serving, it was more so like, oh, I really like needed to be pretty solid, but like so long as I had a desire to like serve God, that's more so also serving his children too. Yeah. And so like, I feel like people get so caught up in like this culture of um, these expectations and whatnot, but um, something that I, that kind of popped into mind when you were talking about that was like, Jesus just kind of asked us to come as we are. And so long as we have that desire, he's going to, you know, give us certain opportunities and experiences both hard and both, you know, really easy to like, you know, become better and become not only a better person, but we're also able to kind of see what we can do to, you know, be his hands. And so, um, but I definitely think that, I don't know about you, but like on my mission, I definitely experienced a lot of like faith shaking times. And so, um, I'm not sure if that was something you experienced, but I think kind of going off of that, it was just hard to, like, I don't know, I had, I've always, I grew up in the gospel, mm-hmm. but I never, there was, like, one thing I learned about the atonement while we were studying, I'm like, do you believe that? Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I, like, got nervous about myself for a second. I was like, wait, I should know that, or I should know this, or should know that, but, um, I think, so I guess my, I did have a question come up where, um, kind of knowing all of that, where did that take you, kind of finishing your mission and then coming home, like where, how did that kind of navigate the rest of your life? Yeah, totally. Um, And it's interesting you bring that up, right? We actually just talked about this with my missionaries just yesterday. Oh, nice. Um, (laughs) We did one of those little Book of Mormon read activities, right? Yeah. And the um, chapter we read was Alma chapter 32, all about, you know, the Word of God being the seed, and you plant right. it in your heart. Right. Um, and I taught that lesson a ton in the Philippines, too. Oh, yeah. And I wonder if it was one that, like, even I didn't understand the whole way. Yeah. Um, because the gospel and faith in general just takes so much, like, patience as well, right? Yeah. And there's that sure. verse that says, you know, faith isn't a perfect knowledge and stuff. And so, um, but going back to what you're saying about Christ calling us as we are, um, again, it's, it's we're not meant to be you know the perfect teachers and that kind of stuff because that's the spirit yeah. right? right we're just supposed to be these avenues for you know bringing the spirit in helping people feel the truth developing the faith to have patience mm-hmm. as we kind of go through and all that kind of stuff um and so yeah that again an interesting thought that it does take time um and you're not going to know everything right away in fact there are lots of things that i've learned even just by working at the mtc yeah how and so? it's um like and I'm trying to think of, like, more, like, specific, like, doctrinal ones, right? I'm sure you've had, like, a ton. <laughs> yeah. Because so, you've been there for how long now? I've been at the MTC for almost a year now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's really interesting because it's, so there are things we have, so I'll give you two different examples. One's yeah, kind sure. of more of a, like, um, oh, how do you explain it? Like, this doctrinal kind of, like, it's about, all about the Book of Mormon, like, okay. what goes on in there, stuff yeah. that I didn't know happened in there. And then one, the other example, I guess, is more of, like, a, know broadening perspective of things that I already know to be true too right? right and so again we have this little workshop um, for those who've been at the MTC it's called Book Mormon Timeline and Authors and okay. it's really cool because it breaks down the Book of Mormon like you know the passing of the plates and who's writing and oh, yeah. you know that kind of stuff um, and it was a workshop that you know I started teaching and when I, before I started teaching it they're like okay you kind of have to take time on yourself to just like you know really prepare take you know an hour or two outside of work even just dive into the Book of Mormon look at the little, little outline and lesson plan we've got really just become familiar and I was like I mean it's the Book of Mormon I've read it a hundred times right. <laughs> what is there that I'm not going to know um, and you get reading about things like the Mulekites who came over like just right after Nephi and his family and you're like okay well there's like a third group that came to America
America and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, different things about the Jaredites. You're like, I didn't even, like, know about their history. I just knew about the uh, tied unto a dish kind of thing, right? right? But there's, like, so much more that, like, you don't even catch if you're just reading it at a surface level. Yeah, that's true. And so that's been cool, again, as a, like, a progression of not just faith, but of, like, scriptural knowledge yeah. as well. And so I feel, like, more comfortable with the Book of Mormon now even though it is more, like, maybe complicated or, like, detailed. Um, but it has strengthened my faith in that way, um, to see that it's, you know, truly an inspired record and that kind of stuff. Right. So there's that side of it that's more of the doctrinal side. But then the other part is the number of times in the MCC that I've said, oh, my gosh, I wish I would have known that in the mission. It has been uh. so <laughs> many. Holy cow. And I, like, wonder, because the curriculum doesn't, I mean, the curriculum actually changes more than you think it does. Okay. Um, they're like always seeking to constantly improve and build upon things, but a lot of the same principles are there. And I'm like, I wonder if I just like forgot them, or if I just right. didn't have an emphasis, or if like even mission culture kind of wiped that out of my that's, mind. That's true, though. Where because, it was yeah. like all about you know numbers. And I'm going to try to like okay, I'm going to baptize a whole bunch of people. I'm going right. to try to find like 50 new people in one day and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But yeah, and like different examples, you know, include you know things that I teach. Um, are really like that teach people not lessons kind of thing is like huge now. Right. Um, you know, being yourself as a missionary, um, <laughs> which you kind of brought up before, and that was a thought that crossed my mind is, you know, John 10 talks about Jesus Christ being the good shepherd and right, yeah. knowing each of us personally. Right. Um, he calls us in our weaknesses to and mm -hmm. to our strengths, very personal, and he lines our personalities up with the people that we meet. And that can be a cool experience as well. And then, so that's something that I've really tried to pound into my missionary's head is like, again, listen, you don't have to be this, you know, Book of Mormon musical robot, like, <laughs> hello, my name is Elder Price, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, like, be yourself, right? Like, be you. Right. God has given you talents. God has given you, you know, strengths. Go out and use those. Be yourself and, you know, share the gospel life that that right. has, too. Um, and so, again, it's stuff like that where it's like it's building upon my knowledge. It's like, again, if I could go back in time and do the mission over again, right. like, I would definitely change things up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like you were saying, though, there's, like, a lot of factors that were completely out of our control mm -hmm. and whatnot. But, like, I guess as a collective whole, that may have been what was best for the mission. Mm -hmm. But, like, I totally get it. I just remember, like, learning things maybe a transfer later. And I'm like, oh, like, oh. I could have totally used that. that. Or yeah. I could have totally said that or done this instead. Um, and... I guess something that crossed my mind when you were sharing that where we're kind of like, you know, teaching people and not lessons, not focusing solely on like getting something done or like getting like through the whole thing. Yeah. But like, have you ever had, a, um, I guess, an experience where, um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever grew up with having like any friends or like family that maybe like don't really know a lot about kind of like Jesus Christ or know a little bit about like what we believe in in the church um, in terms of like, I don't know if it's, like, peer pressure or, like, not understanding the things, the things that you do or the things that you, like, kind of how, how you navigate your life. What have, I'm not sure if you had experiences with that, but um, have you had, like, even in, even online encounters, I feel like that's even a thing, too, where you kind of have to share about, like, why I believe this way or why I live my life in this way. So um, where it's becoming a more personal thing. So how do you, like, make it more personal in your life now? Like, because yeah. obviously you're hoping to teach your missionaries this for their missions, mm -hmm. but, like, I'm hoping that, like, I was hoping that I would also carry this, like, post-mission yeah. as well. So, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring that up, too, right? It's because, you know, again, it's 
it's super funny because as, you know, missionary teacher and, you know, missionary mindset, yeah. that kind of thing, I'm always like, okay, others, 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 others. Right, right. But, you know, that kind of same idea applies to us personally, right, is yeah. that, you know, the gospel should be not just something that we're doing, you know, on Sundays or just going through the motions with, almost like that, you know, agenda, teaching, lesson side of that right. analogy, right? But it should be something that's, you know, applicable to us as well. And I think I'm trying to think of some, like, specific stories here. And I grew up, you know, in northern Utah, little good old oh, yeah, Cash, Cash Valley, you know, Utah, <laughs> Logan, that kind of stuff. And so, like, most of the people I was with were members and stuff. And we all yeah. did things um, because, again, that's what the culture was. That was what was expected, which, again, I don't think is, like, necessarily a huge, like, bad thing. Because, again, it is, no, it was, Logan all. was a great place to grow up. It's, yeah. you know, good community, it's good values going around. It's beautiful, like, yeah. all year round. gets a little cold. Um, but there, I remember there was there was a time, like, let's see, 20, what year was that? 2016, 2017, around that time, like, junior, senior year of high school, where um, it's like, you know, it kind of seemed like I grew up and I started to see the world, like, for kind of what it was. I started reading the news, watching the news, and getting all the doom and gloom from it. Yeah. And right. I was like, you know, there's all these, like, problems in the world. Like, you know, you've yeah. got, like, race inequality. You've got LGBT issues, right. that, you know, that inequality yeah. there. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to, like, I wanted to do something about it, you know. Right. Um, and so before my mission, there wasn't a whole lot of that, just a lot of, like, you know, reading, trying to figure out what's going on. And then post-mission, um, there was that summer, that, again, yeah, 2020, right, where right. it seems like, you know, the whole world fell apart for a couple Seriously, months, right? there's so many things that happened, like, all at once. Yeah, and we had, like, you know, all the Black Lives Matter stuff and, right. like, you know, protests left and right and all these riots and stuff. And I was like, holy moly, like, what's going on? And, you know, here I was to go save the day with my little black square on Instagram, right, like the right. rest of us. And I realized that, like, you know, it's more than just, like, what you put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then this is kind of taking it back to maybe, like, a worldly side, right, yeah. is if I'm going to make this, like, personal, right, like, obviously – you know, I'm my, uh, you know, white, cis, heterosexual male kind of thing, right? It's like I'm out to go fight for social justice. But I realized that, you know, if I want to, like, make a difference in the world and, like, help with those things, you know, it's not going to be me speaking as, like, I don't know if advocate's the right word. Um, That's a pretty good word. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, by the way that I personally live my life and try to add kind of this light to the world, right, right. And where there's so much darkness. Right. Um, and so trying to follow the example of Jesus Christ, trying to understand people more, listening to their stories, um, and taking kind of my, like, I'm this Instagram warrior kind of thing <laughs> out to, okay, no, this is how I'm going to live my life personally, right? Yeah, right? And I found that as I did that, it became less of, okay, so I'm trying to, you know, fight for the social causes and that kind of stuff, which, right. you know, still trying to, right, still trying to get equality in that. But it comes down to, you know, living a Christ-like life. Yeah. Um, and at the MCC, we've got this little workshop that we teach. It's called Understanding Others. Mm-hmm. And this is one that um, came actually ex- um, directly from the Missionary Executive Council. So that's oh, um, okay. it's two members of the Quorum of the Twelve. It's Elder Cook right now, and I can't remember who the other one is. It might be Elder Stevenson. Um, and then there's a couple members of the 70, a couple members from auxiliaries, and then um, some people who are like assigned to the missionary department. So this Understanding Others workshop came directly from them as a way to help missionaries be able to, like, obviously understand others right. more, yeah. um, different cultures, different beliefs, different lifestyles, and that kind of stuff. Um, there was something that we were in a meeting yesterday trying to, you know, hammer out some details and get it just really good. Mm-hmm. And there was a section where it's like, you know, we're not trying to get, like, woke here, right? We're not trying to push this <laughs> agenda with the missionaries, you right, know. Right. Um, but it's, you know, really just comes down to living a Christ-like life. And so that's, again, when it became personal for me is, you know, it's not just, 
this is what the cool kids are doing. We're all posting on social media. We're all getting mad at the world. To, no, this <laughs> like is like mom mentality kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but it became, you know, you know, this is something that I've made covenants to do, right? To live like yeah. Jesus Christ, to follow His example, to take His name upon me. Um, and now I want to put that back out into the world. So. Yeah. So how do you think you could possibly share that? Because obviously Instagram, like Facebook, all that stuff is a pretty secular thing. Mm-hmm. Nice to have, and it's, oh, yeah. I honestly, it's, it's a huge blessing, especially just being able to put good yeah. out there. Like, even if it's just like a little reshare on your story, mm-hmm. like it's better than nothing. But I guess in order to do that, what do you kind of plan to maybe do to kind of put your light out there? I like that. I feel like that's really good, just because it reminds me of that scripture, like don't place your light under a bushel. Under a bushel, right? Yeah. City on a hill can't be hit or whatever. Something yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's a great point, right? And social media can be good, and we teach my missionaries that too, right? right. Just, you know, you're almost like a lighthouse. You can get lots of light really far oh, too, seriously. right? Yeah. But I think, yeah, again, if that's where, like, your it ends, and, like, I'm going to go back to living my life the way it is, I'm going to hide my own, like, personal, I'm going to hide my whole self under a bushel, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm, I don't know if there's, like, a, like a, a perfect answer for that because that's no, something no, I'm no. still trying to figure out as well yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, but, again, just going back to being an example, spreading light, being a friend, um, listening to everyone, um, and I think, you know, trying to get involved where you can, whether it be, you know, in church callings, whether it be in organizations, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, you know, even schools, even too, right? Here in college, mm-hmm. there's plenty of ways to get involved and mm-hmm. be a light there. That's probably the way I would answer that question, yeah. yeah. I, something that actually reminded me of, I don't, did you watch the devotional with um, Russell Nelson yeah. and Wendy? Okay, they're so cute, oh, first love of them. all. Love they're them. so cute. But one of the biggest takeaways I think I got was something that I've always kind of firmly believed and I think I got frustrated with on my mission when I would meet some people because I'm just like, the only thing that truly matters at the end of the day is that you're a child of God. Mm-hmm. And when he mentioned that, I kind of had like a, I was like pondering retrospectively back into my mission. I was like, I remember the day I kind of realized like about my worth or about the worth of the people that I'm teaching, the people around me, like my family, the friends I'm meeting and all the pe- new people I'll meet in the future. The most important title that they could ever carry in this life is that they are a child of a heavenly mother and yeah. heavenly father. And um, kind of what you were going back kind of earlier about talking about the culture, I feel like the world just gives us so many labels that it's hard not to get caught up in like, oh, yes, I am a woman or I am this or I am that or I am from Utah or I am from California or I am Filipino or I am white or I am black or whatever mm-hmm. or I am you know, I'm gay, or I'm lesbian, or I'm this, and, um, or I'm, you know, I like to go play football, or I like to play this, there's like, I'm a football player, I'm, you know, whatever, there's so many labels out there, Mm -hmm. and I guess my, I guess I'm just curious, like, how, what do you think is, are some things that, because I want to know, just your tips maybe, like, what, how we can not get so caught up in, like, those labels, because I definitely know it's really easy. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely is. Um, and I'm, you know, formulating a good answer here. But the thought that comes to my mind um, is to live authentically too. Um, you know, we can we have these labels, and you know, I'm a social sciences teaching major. I forgot if I mentioned oh, that's that. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I've taken the psychology classes, I've taken the sociology classes too, right? And it's like there's like all these purposes of why our brain does the things it does, and why labels come up and stuff. Um, so there's like organizational things there. But really, you know, not one, you know, there's no two people who are the exact same, right? And so even, again, if you've got your label as football player, right, you've got, you know, 22 starters on the team, offense, defense, that kind of stuff. 
you know, each one of those people, not only as individuals are different, but you can have different playing styles too, right? The way that they interpret football player can mean something else to, you know, someone on defense, someone on offense, your quarterback, your kicker, whoever, that kind of stuff. Um, everyone interprets these labels differently, I think, and they have different ideas. And, you know, I don't know if, you know, biases is the right word or prejudices too, and that can have a negative connotation, I guess, but, you know, positive things as well that come with those. Um, and so I think, yeah, the best way and the kind of the mantra I've always tried to live my life by is just to live authentically, you know, and even if I do fall into these labels, because I do have labels, right, and President right. Nelson mentioned that too, right, yeah, again, first we've got child of God, child of the covenant, right, and then what, disciple of Jesus Christ, right, yeah. but then, yeah, he was like, yeah, I've also been, you know, surgeon, father, <laughs> you know, church leader, all these things, right. um, so I think, yeah, and it's, you know, live authentically, be who you are, those things follow, but don't let like, the ideas, biases, stereotypes behind that, like, define you yeah. that way. Yeah, because I think sometimes that can emotionally charge us to, like, want this right now, or, like, this needs to happen right now, mm -hmm. and that reminds me to take it back to, like, how you're talking about how faith takes so much patience. Yeah. Because, and I think that's the most frustrating thing for our generation, because we live in the media, it's like, we so live in, yes, yeah. in technology. Because I could literally text you right now, and you would get there in, like, less than a second. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. I got my, like, it's like if I asked a question, boom, got there's the there answer. Is. Google, boom, answer. Yeah. And, or you're wanting to, where you have all these questions, or you're wanting to feel a certain way about this concept about the gospel, or whatever. You have a question about, I don't know, about the atonement. You have a question about, you know, just some church history, and you're not sure, like, how to feel about it, but... At the end of the day, it's like you need to be patient mm -hmm. and you need to understand that that you need. What I think was touched on in a previous episode is that you need to make sure you focus on the basics mm -hmm. and the simple things, because Satan wants to complicate everything. And it reminds me of that one scripture. I think it's in Second Timothy, where like God is a God of love mm -hmm. and of a sound mind yep. and of peace, and He doesn't. He's not doesn't want you to be fearful. He doesn't want you to be confused. But He knows it's going to happen. But the fact that God is a God of love, fear, not, of not fear, and of sound mind, he wants us to make sure that we can trust him. Yeah. And so I think that's so good that we had that devotional earlier because it, it's so fitting for the age range that he's like, okay, those people from this age of this age, because y'all need to understand this because it's so important. Because we get so caught up, like, seeing so many reels on Instagram, mm -hmm. different TikToks and everything, telling us how we should be or telling us what we should do or how we should think. And it's like, no, we can take our time to have form an opinion, form a belief about something. We can take as long as we need to. Yeah. And um, I guess just I had something that popped up in my head, too, was um, what have you been sharing with, like, I don't know, do you guys, ha like, have a chance with, with your machines to share about, like, what it's like to be, like, someone, a member post-mission? Have you, like, had a chance to share about that? Yeah, and it's, it's not maybe like an explicit like, you know, okay, this is post-missionary life, right? <laughs> right, of course. But one thing that I've noticed, especially with this last district I've had, I've had them for about, oh, it's been four and a half, five weeks now, is that you can convey that message through your interactions and relationships with them. Yeah. And this group of missionaries, holy cow, I love them so, so, <laughs> so much. Um, I love all my missionaries that come through, but this has been a really special group. Yeah. Um, and I hope that, like, by the way that I've interacted with them, the way that, you know, I've, you know, showed my enthusiasm, my energy, yeah. right, towards missionary work and getting excited about not only teaching them, but getting to know them, meeting them, um, helping them develop their own testimonies. 
I hope that through that, that's conveyed to them as well, that, you know, post-mission life, there's different experiences, but you can use, you know, all these skills that you learned on the mission and pre-mission and that kind of stuff. It's like one continuous, like, I don't know, growth, progression, that kind of thing moving forward. And so I think yeah, that there, I think there'd be a good time. And we usually talk about post-mission stuff, like, like maybe towards the end, like right, the last like couple of days, but it's never anything big because I yeah. think that, you know, the biggest lesson you can teach, again, coming from education major, someone who <laughs> teaches equations <laughs> and history names and dates for a living, more, than, more important than any equation or, you know, history fact that you can teach someone, the biggest lesson is through your example. Yeah. And that goes for missionary work as well, right? right? You know, I can teach you about faith. I can teach you about the plan of salvation. And you can have questions about those, right? It may not all make sense because I know that it all doesn't necessarily make sense to me, right? Mm -hmm. But through the feelings, through the relationships, through the examples you see, through the, that good fruit of the Spirit um, that, you know, they talk about Moroni 7, that kind of stuff, um, you know, all good things, tell there is a God and all that. You know, that's, I think, where the real power and conversion and, you know, lasting testimony comes from. Right. And so kind of going off with that, what would you invite those that are listening and maybe as in the future, future missionaries that you've been meeting with and teaching and being, spending time with, um, how would you invite them to kind of apply this, like, for, like, maybe give an example yeah. or, like, um, maybe when you had a time where you had a question, like, how would they apply that? Yeah. Definitely. So again, kind of just going back to this, you know, the feelings, the examples, and that kind of stuff. There was a time, oh, like a month and a half, two months ago, they've got this Under the Banner of Heaven show that's coming uh, out, yes. Andrew Garfield, right? <laughs> yeah. So the churches, you know, I got their PR nightmare going on, which it was interesting because I kind of read into it. Um, it started off as a book, a couple of years, like back in the 90s. That's and the church had this huge, like, statement about it. Like, they had three oh, different, really? like, church, I don't know if they were, like, church history people or PR representatives. But they, like, really, like, went at it, like, hey, listen, this is not us. This is people who are extreme and stuff. But um, the whole, like, premise of the show and the book, right, is that religion kind of promotes this feeling of, you know, negativity and violence and aggression, um, especially through kind of these ritualistic things, right? Yeah. And, you know, I read that one day, and I was, you know, got sucked into the wormhole, right, going through the Internet trying to find <laughs> out all I could about it, right? Yeah. And I did get all these feelings of, like, you know, like, okay, like, I know that, so here's like, you know, kind of the formula that went through my head, right, yeah. is I encounter any kind of anti-stuff, right, and I'm like, okay, I don't believe this because I know my testimony is strong and rooted in where it needs to be. Right. And I'm like, okay, wait, but like if these things that these people are saying are even like remotely true, right, does that undermine what I already know, right? It's yeah. like, I already, of course, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I know the church is true, but am I just like programmed to say that? Getting in this cycle of, you know, holding fast to what I know is true, those core things, but am I just robotically brainwashed program to say right. those versus... You're like, D is this, was I told to say these yeah. like, word for word? Is this like a scripted mm -hmm. or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there was, yeah, there was one night like two months ago where I just kept going back and forth. It kept me up like all night. It was like mm -hmm. two, three, four in the morning where I was just like, okay, I know this is true, but, you know, this is also like, you know, I just being brainwashed the whole time, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I had this, you know, I had this inspiration come to my mind. I didn't even, like, pray or anything. Like, it just really just came to me. Yeah. I was, you know, like, the way that you can fight through this, Cam, is by, you know, what's the, what are you grateful for? Like, what's the gratitude? What are those fruits in the spirit that you have seen in your life? Um, and so I had this impression. It was 2, 3, 4 in the morning, right? And I get my phone out, 
And I just started thinking about all the people that have been a blessing in my life. And I legit send them, like, texts, like, you know, these novel texts at, like, 3 in the morning, just thanking them for everything they've done. I texted um, people at the MTC, texted Grandma, Grandpa, my mom, Dad, <laughs> best friends from high school, people I hadn't talked to in months, yeah, right? right? And I'm here just, like, you know, sitting down, like, tears streaming down the side of my face into my pillow and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, really, if this is all just, like, you know, I've been you know, programmed to say these things, but it has brought so much joy in life, like into my life, that kind of stuff, right? Um, and it's through that experience, knowing that, you know, even just the way I've lived my life, the church as an organization, as like a structure, has provided me with so many good opportunities and blessings, you know, the fact that, you know, I'm close with my family, right? You know, the, the fact that I, you know, got to go to the other side of the world, experience a different culture and gain appreciation for all of, you know, God's children, if you want to put it that way, or even just another way of people, if you remove the religious side to it. Um, my career opportunities here have been because of the church as well. My education, I'm at a church-sponsored university mm -hmm. as well. Um, there's so many of these, like, tangible, like, physical, you know, blessings and benefits to my life because of my membership in the church, um, you know, without even touching the spiritual side of it. It's already a lot, like you're listening to all these things yeah. already. Yeah, and I could go on and on still, right, from organizations back, you know, like you got your youth groups, like your mutual and stuff, right, like back in, you know, when we were 12 through 17, 18, whatever, right. those skills that I learned, you know, the you know, skills of building relationships, talking with people came throughout this whole process. Yeah. Um, teaching skills too, right, being able to teach in, you know, deacon's form from the time I was, you know, 12 I years know what old, I know, you think right? about it, it's like kind of crazy, a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah, but the church is set up so, it's, you know, it trains them to, you know, have these skills, which, you know, has become my career, right? Yeah, so, You know, seriously. something that I'm passionate about, something I'm studying, um, something I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and so, I almost, when I was preparing for this, I almost thought about, you know, what if the church was an organization like, you know, I don't know, I was just trying to think of examples, right? Like, you know, you got your Boys and Girls Club, you got the YMCA, right. you got... Right. You know, stuff like that. If the church was something like that, you remove the religious side, you know, the blessings and benefits have still impacted my life to a level that I can't even, like, begin to be thankful for, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's just so much to it. And then you add a whole other level of eternal <laughs> blessings and, yeah. you know, promises and covenants and, you know, the good feelings and, you know, joy, peace, love, happiness in Galatians chapter 5, right? right. 5, 7, something like that. Right. Um, so it's again, it's a twofold, you know, stage of blessings that have just been super fantastic for my life and have made me super grateful. And so that's what I held on to. Yeah. And when I decided, you know, again, I'm laying in bed at four in the morning. Like, it was like for days. You were like, yeah, kept you up at night. It kept me up yeah. at night for real. And I was like, you know, I'm glad, you know, that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You go back to the primary song, right? Like, well, yeah. the Church of Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> like I felt good about it, and. And it was because I felt good about it, and that's where the testimony came from, right? Okay. Is again, showing me that there is a God. He is involved in the details of my life, and that it's not just all some fluke or just some right. organization, right? Even though it's yeah. brought, you know, similar, if not better, you know, blessings and experiences. But right. it's so much more than that. We're building the kingdom of God on earth. We're helping people change their lives. Um, and, you know, I've you know, I'm an example of that. I'm an evidence of that, that, you know, lives can be changed yeah. because of, you know, the gospel, because of Jesus Christ, because of his restored church. Right. Um, and that's, again, that's kind of where that story comes to an end. But, you know, in the end, again, fruits of the Spirit, gratitude, those feelings that make the gospel much more personal rather than just an agenda. Again, I am the, 
you know, teach <laughs> lessons, you know, or not teach lessons, teach people, not lessons, right? <laughs> I'm one of those people, um, and I've received those blessings. And now, again, it's up to, you know, us, it's up to me, up to our missionaries yeah. to go help people understand that same thing. And I hope that we can kind of have a shift in that mindset, right, where it's, you know, I'm not just going to check the box of, you know, invitations, get you closer to baptism, but I'm here to help you have personal experiences that change your life. Right, and that actually reminded me of, so I listened to this podcast, it's called, like, I think it's, I forget, it's, um, but the host of it is Brendan Burchard, he's, mm-hmm. like, a high-performance coach, and he had this one snippet that he shared was, if you're having a really bad day, or if you're having a lot of questions or having a lot of doubts about whatever, about yourself, about your faith, because he kind of is a little bit faith-based, um, and he was like, at what you need to do at the end of the day when you get home is write down everything you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, what is, like, why? And so I'm like, of course, like I'm grateful for many things. And kind of like when I was listening to you talking about how when you were kept up at night because of this story that, you know, isn't necessarily related to our church, but, like, people don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so when you're like, how many, like, what if someone comes up to me and asks me about these questions and I don't know because I'm overwhelmed myself? And just you had this moment where God was so present with you. Heavenly Father was so present with you through the Spirit. And he was like, Cameron, like, remember, like, it's what you're grateful for. And I was like, Wow. Like, that, who knew that gratitude would be such, like, a lifesaver? Yeah, totally. And it, both, like, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, just remembering what you're grateful for, even if it's just you had a, I had a glass of water, too. I have, I have like, clean drinking water yeah. or something like that. And, or I have a family that loves me, or I have um, friend, good friends in my life, or I have a great job, or I have this. And um, it makes me think about how, like, I think we need to be invited to do that more often. Mm-hmm. I think people forget that showing gratitude, whether it's for someone that that did something for you or you did something, you're like, oh, like, I felt good doing good. Yeah. And he also, the podcast also brought up about how, like, service and gratitude, there's nothing better. And people, and that's why it kind of goes back to how the example of Jesus Christ of turning outward. Because mm-hmm. literally, like, you, as you're turning outward, reaching out to other people, you're unknowingly developing these skills that are going to help you have more happiness in life than you probably would ever imagine. Because I remember, like, prior to my mission, I'm like, I didn't really know what what kind of service. I always thought it had to be this grand gesture. It had to be this big, like, plan to the T. But what really matters is just the little things. And I really liked how you kind of walked us through, like, your kind of your thought process, because that's very real. And... I'm sure someone out there may be having that same thing because I even, like, kind of heard about that and I read a couple, like, news articles and whatnot. But um, it always takes me back to just, like, the example of the Savior and just how, because there's a lot of, like, malicious things said about him. Oh, yeah. And this is his church. And so it's kind of, like, replicating that and um, being able to understand that, like, he had faith that everything was going to be okay. And that, and then it took time. You didn't just get like you didn't read it, and then immediately two seconds later, Heavenly Father's yeah. like, "Eh, no, you need to like do this or do that." Right. He was like, "You need to kind of like take this as it as it is, and like kind of like think about it, ponder about it." And the fact that he is so involved that he like you said, obviously some people have this idea that they need to pray to get mm-hmm. God to talk to them. Right? Yeah. But you're he was just like, "No, I need to talk to you right now. This yeah. is the right time." And you like it was probably like right when you needed it. Yeah, definitely timing for yeah. sure. And so. Um, 
I just want to say, like, thank you so much for sharing that, seriously. Yeah. Like, I um, I am very grateful for everything that you shared. I think it's so important because I feel like we touched on so many things that I think a lot of people have, like, a lot of concerns or questions about. And so um, just as a last thing, though, um, maybe kind of just to the people that are listening here, um, what do you want them to, like, maybe do something today? Like, what would you want to invite them to do today just to kind of get started on that? Yeah. And that's a good question. And I think my thoughts go back to, again, my personal experience in the church being, again, overwhelmingly positive, right? Yeah. And there are people who don't have that experience as well, right. right? People who sit in the back and, you know, Sunday school and church and barely talk to anyone on Sundays and that kind of stuff. And so I think about, you know, f you know what are we going to do about it, right? If I was able to, in a time of, you know, faith crisis, to look back on the things I'm grateful for, what happens then if I don't have anything to be grateful for because of the church, right? So let's take the opportunity then to be something or be someone that someone can be grateful for. Make the difference in someone's life. Something that when someone has a struggle and they're like, okay, I'm trying to search for the fruits of the Spirit. I'm trying to search for the benefits in my life that they can think of, you know, camera, calyx or whoever. Um, you know, oh, they you know they were just said hi to me today, or they waved, or they helped me with this, or they did a big grand act of service. Like you said, we can do that too. Um, you know, something that makes a positive impact in their life and want helps them to stay rooted, um, you know, in the love of Jesus Christ and the life that He brings. So I would say, be, you know, be something, be someone that someone can be grateful for. Reach outward, just like uh, the Savior did. I like that because. If, they, if that doesn't exist in your present life, then go make some. Yeah. I'd like that. Kind of like you're still going back. You're like, I want to create light. Mm -hmm. So, but thank you. I'm going to, I didn't even think about that, honestly, when yeah. you mentioned that. So I'm going to do that myself, too. Yeah. So, but I just, again, I want to thank you. Yeah, thank and you. Thank, and I also thank everyone that are listening, too. Please um, let us know if we can do anything for you. I'm grateful for Cam, seriously. I think I'm, it's so cool. I feel like we didn't know each other very well in the mission. Yeah. But also, fun fact, we have the same birthday. We do, October 12th. We send do. us presents. So don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> but thank you so much, Cam, and we're looking forward to kind of for the future. Of so course. thanks so yes. much. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Just wanted to say thank you to everyone and take some time to personally thank Cameron for everything he shared in the 30 to 40 minutes that I spent with him. I actually learned so much about Jesus Christ and about the process of experiencing multiple questions in life and having questions about our faith. And I'm very grateful for all of those of you that are listening, both in support of this podcast and in support of Cameron and his story. So very grateful for each of you and for Cameron. Also wanted to invite each of you to take some time to possibly listen to some other episodes. Um, we have some wonderful stories that are so sacred that many of these members of the church have shared to hope to build each and every single one of us up in a positive and uplifting way and to come closer to Christ. Thanks so much, everyone, and have a wonderful Sunday.